Well, uh, do you know the, uh, how many have heard the phrase, um, I'm watching the back of my eyelids? Raise your hand if you've heard that expression. I'm watching the back of my eyelids. What does that phrase mean? That's code, code for I'm sleeping, right? Or you caught, me, you caught me napping, you caught me passed out. There's another phrase that I hear um, in, my, in my life, in my family, more often than that. And the scenario when I hear it is usually uh, if my wife and I late evening are finally got, you know, chores done, kids in bed, long day wrapped up, we might actually think that we have enough energy and time left in our day to catch an episode of one of the very few TV shows that we're actually able to keep up with. And so perhaps we start it, and I want to enjoy it together with my wife, and I look over, and what do I see? Someone watching the back of her eyelids. So if I say something, her phrase is usually, I'm just resting my eyes. Anybody ever else said, I'm just resting my eyes? Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What was really going on there? We are wrapping up a series today that we've called Crazy Busy, and the reason I just mentioned those silly things is because today as we wrap up this series called Crazy Busy, we're going to ask God to show us um, how does our lack of rest impact our busyness or perhaps push us into crazy busyness. And if you've been with us, whether you've been with us for the series or not, um, God will speak to us this morning through his word. And We've been, we've been in this, this series for six or seven weeks, and early on, we set these two really foundational principles. First of all, we said there's a lot of great things that we can do. Busyness is okay to some extent. Some busyness is even from the Lord, that, that we have things that God has given us to do, and, and we, are, we have busy lives as we live for him. But one thing we set apart, right, we set uh, in stone right at the beginning of the series was that there are many options, many things you can do, but only one thing is the best thing, the good portion that uh, Mary of the sisters, Mary and Martha, found herself sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so we've been encouraging each other, in the midst of everything else, in the midst of your even good busyness, we have to find a way to commit our lives and sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear from him in our lives. And then we also talked early in the series about the fact that Jesus came to be with us and he lived out his mission. He lived out the purpose that God had for his life. And we can, as followers of Jesus, we can follow Jesus in that example too in living out our lives according to God's purpose for our lives. What is it that he has made you to do? How are you uniquely created in spiritual gifts and personality and, and people that you know and things that you're interested in, how might God want to use you just the way he's made you to live out his purpose? And how might knowing our purpose and desiring to live out our purpose help us to to choose from the many things that are on our plate or could be on our plate or perhaps should not be on our plate? But today, we're going to consider another uh, contributor, another possible contributor. You know, what are some of the things in our life, in our culture that maybe add to the busyness, that perhaps push us from busy to crazy busy. And today we're thinking about our need for rest. Our need for rest. And we're going to talk this morning about both our need for physical rest and our need for spiritual rest. So if you have your Bibles, pull it out please and open to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 28 in just a minute. Love you to bring your Bibles, pull them out, pull out your device, open your Bible app. Find Matthew chapter 11 as we study God's word together this morning. 
Father God, as we open your word, we also open our hearts and minds and ears. God, I pray that I would not already know what I need to know, that I would not think I already know what I need to know, but God, that as I come to your word, as I, I come to you in prayer, whether it's on Sundays or during the week, God, would we come to you and would you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you, to change us from the inside out, to help us walk closely with Jesus, to help us live for him among the people in our lives. We need your help. Speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28, and I'm going to start out this morning just by reading these verses. I want us to hear them, and then I'm going to come back to them, and we'll look at them a little more closely in a a bit. Matthew 11, starting at verse 28, this is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me read that one more time. Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Does that sound like folks that might be crazy busy? Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as we've said this morning already and and, and previously in this series, not all busyness is bad. To some extent, busy is the world we live in. To some extent, that's the water we swim in. That's the norm. And, And not all busyness is bad. As I already mentioned, some of, some of our busyness is things that God has given us to do, that we ought to be doing, that our lives ought to be full of. Kevin DeYoung, an author and a pastor, writes this. It's easy to find people who think work is good and leisure is bad, i.e., you rest to work. You can also find people who think leisure is good and work is bad. But according to the Bible, both work and rest can be good if they are done to the glory of God. The Bible commends hard work, and it also extols the virtue of rest. Both have their place. The hard part is putting them in the right places. Many of us are less busy than we think, but life feels constantly overwhelming because our days and our weeks and years have no rhythm. Let me read that last line one more time. Many of us are less busy than we think, but life feels constantly overwhelming because our days and weeks and years have no rhythm. We have no routine, no order to our days. We are never completely on and never totally off. In fact, uh, the chapter in that book um, that, uh, that's an inspiration for this morning, that he titled, Rest Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. Rest yourself before you wreck yourself. And over the, uh, oh, this came to my mind this week, uh, you'll see why. Uh, in preparing for this morning, I, I thought about the fact that over the years, I've had a couple of people as a teacher, as a preacher, uh, over the years, I've had a couple of people apologize to me after a sermon for having rested their eyes during my sermon. And, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to come and get after them, but perhaps that God was putting on their conscience to apologize <laughs> 
But, you know, I have to tell you, this morning our topic is the importance of rest. So I'm going to have to admit, if there was a sermon that you should fall asleep during, it's this one. I guess if I'm encouraging you to rest, I, I, maybe I can't get mad. So it's like you have license this morning. Why do we need rest? Why do we need to consider a rhythm of rest in our life? Why do our days need to include a rhythm of rest, our weeks, our years? Why should we do that? Why should we add that uh, to our thoughts here about this topic, Crazy Busy? Well, first of all, we're going to start here. God himself, the creator of the universe, God Almighty, modeled for us taking a rest. God, from the beginning of time, God from the foundations of the earth, God from the creation story, ordained that there would be a rhythm of rest in our, in our routines, in our schedule. So uh, keep a finger, if you would, in Matthew 11, because we're going to come back there, or bookmark it, or whatever you want to do. But turn back to the beginning of your Bible, all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 1. And it's, let's just look, kind of scan quickly over chapter 1. You may be familiar with this, but right at the beginning of our Bible in Genesis chapter 1, we have the creation story. We, we find out first and foremost as the Bible begins that God is the creator of all things. That God, listen to this, that God created all things out of nothing. That God is the creator. And so we see these days in, in Genesis 1 where uh, on different days God creates different things. He creates day and night. He creates the sky. He creates the land. He creates the oceans. He creates uh, vegeta vegetation, things that grow on the land. He, he creates the sun and the moon. He creates uh, creatures of the sea and creatures of the air and land animals. And then his crowning creative achievement, his, his, the crowning moment of creation, he creates Humankind, men and women, in the image of God, in his image. God is the creator of all things. He created all things out of nothing. And then look with me at Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. The God of the universe rested, church family. The one that is mighty and capable of anything at any time, all the time. He ordained from the foundations of the world. He built it into his creation order that it was good to rest. So we've talked about God the Father resting. Now we want to look, too, that Jesus, too, Models the importance of rest. And I think what's awesome about God sending his son, that Jesus was God-man, both fully God and fully man, is that we see in the life of Jesus him modeling the importance of rest, both physical rest and spiritual rest. Look on the screens with me at Mark chapter 4. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, and the boat was already filling with water. Okay, wait, remember, put yourself in the Bible. Don't, just because you've heard it before, don't brush over this. Ready? Let me back up. Listen to, your, listen to this. Put yourself in the story. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, and the boat was already filling with water. And it's okay to find the Bible humorous sometimes, verse 38, but Jesus was in the stern Asleep on a cushion. How, is that hard to, it's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? Did you hear the waves and the wind and the boat filling with water and the stressful situation? And 
Jesus is asleep on the stern. Jesus was the God-man, fully God, fully human. And, and as fully human as having a human body, Jesus got the full human experience. Jesus came to be with us, and he came to show us to God, but he also got the full human experience. His human body experienced the things that you and I experience. He could feel. He could get cut. He could eat. He could drink. He could be sad. He, there was laughter and sleep. And because Jesus was fully God, he was a perfect human being. Everything that Jesus did was right and good and perfect. So if anyone could ever eat a meal, it was Jesus. And I don't think anyone, no human ever, could outsleep Jesus. He was fully man and fully God. And here he is asleep in the stern. So if Jesus needed rest, guess what? So do we. Uh, there's a scholar, there's a scholar, a professor, uh, a brilliant theologian named D.A. Carson, who wrote this. If you keep burning the candle at both ends, sooner or later you will indulge in more and more mean cynicism. And the line between cynicism and doubt is a very thin one. Of course, different individuals require different hours of sleep. Moreover, some of us cope with a bit of tiredness better than others. Nevertheless, nevertheless, if you are among those who become nasty, cynical, or even full of doubt when you are missing your sleep, you are morally obligated to try to get the sleep you need. This is one of the br most brilliant biblical scholars in the world. What's he telling you? You might need more sleep. And it's spiritually important. We are whole, complicated beings. Our physical existence is tied up to our spiritual well-being, to our mental outlook, to our relationship with others, including our relationship with God. Sometimes the godliest thing you can do in the universe is get a good night's sleep. Not pray all night, but sleep. I'm certain, I'm certainly not denying that there may be a place for praying all night. I'm merely, I'm, what did I just say that right? I'm not denying that there might be a place for praying all night. I'm merely insisting that in the normal course of things, spiritual discipline obligates you to get the sleep your body needs. This is one of the world's foremost scholars saying, telling you, church family, that our spiritual health, our relationship with God, depends on a nap. Some of you that are nappers are thinking, this is the best sermon I've ever heard. And some of you that are not nappers are going, I need to be a napper because I'm going to go closer to Jesus. It's part of my spiritual health. And, uh, and coming up this week on social media, we're going to post some other articles, uh, other biblical scholars uh, digging into this idea of the importance of rest in our life. And so if you follow us on Facebook, you'll be able to check some of those out. Um, so we have here in Mark 4, Jesus asleep on a cushion in the stern of the boat. And here's, here's what we need to think about with Jesus. What was going on there? His, phys his physical human body was what? Tired. He experienced what you and I experienced. So he was, one reason he was asleep is because he was tired. But here's what I want to point out, and I found this very interesting as I studied this week. Listen to this. Jesus was asleep because he was tired. But you know why he could be asleep? Because he was also trusting. Because he also could trust in God. 
What do I mean? Look on the screen with me at Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus was tired, but he also trusted God. Jesus, the rescuer, the master, Lord and Savior, God's son himself, come to be with us, could sleep because he trusted that God was in control, that God had things under control. And it's good to look at our verse we studied last Sunday. Look on the screen at Psalm 127 again. This is where we spent some time last Sunday. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. It's in vain that we get up early and go to bed late and work anxiously at trying to make everything happen on our own efforts and and get things done and make the world work and and hope everything is going to be okay. It's in vain that we do that and, 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 and strive after this anxious work because it is God who gives his beloved sleep. David Mathis wrote this, God gives sleep as an expression of his love. God gives sleep as an expression of his love. As much as it may seem like a horrible inconvenience and a waste of time to those of you that are toiling away under the sway of a productivity idol, have you ever been busy? I'm going to stop reading for a second. Have you ever been busy enough? Have we held busyness so much so high and our effectiveness and our our productivity and our, our performance? Have we ever held that so high that sleep is an inconvenience that I wish I could just take a pill and stay awake 24 hours a day? Is that appropriate? Is it healthy? This says, as much as it may seem like a horrible inconvenience, eight hours lost every day, sleep is a divine gift. Bedtime is a rehearsal. Bedtime is a rehearsal that God is sovereign and I am not. In other words, in other words, what's happening there, church family, when we go to sleep, when we lay our head down on the pillow, is is we can say we're acknowledging God can manage without me. I'm I'm tired, but I also trust that God is sovereign, that he is working, that he is present, and that I can rest. What about you and I then? Do we get enough physical rest? Do we get enough sleep to be spiritually healthy, to be our best for Jesus? So in addition to Jesus modeling uh, getting physical rest, Jesus also, of course, models for us the importance of spiritual rest, of of time, uh, seeking after God, the Father, of, of talking with God, and of being refreshed by spending time with him. Look on the screen at Mark chapter 1, and we find things like this all over the Gospels, all over the stories of Jesus. We find moments like this one. And, And Jesus, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Church family, we've been saying this for several weeks, that the rhythms of our life, the rhythms of our life have to include spending time at the feet of Jesus. Jesus himself, God himself, the Son of God himself, made sure that his life rhythms included going to the Father, getting away, getting some quiet, and talking with God. And if Jesus needed physical rest, and if Jesus needed that spiritual connection with the Heavenly Father, how much more do you and I? And why? So why? Why should our lives include a rhythm of rest? 
why do we need to consider our busyness and perhaps our crazy busyness and, and, and reevaluate and, and, and prioritize to include rest? Why should our lives include rhythms that are, that are time spent at the feet of Jesus? You know why? Because the gospel is the good news that Jesus, that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Our, our lives need to include rhythms of time coming into reading God's word and having a quiet time with God and, and talking with him in prayer and listening for his voice in our life. You know why? Because the gospel is the best news ever. Not just back when you first became a Christian, but today and tomorrow and next week and every day after that, and then Jesus will be here himself and we'll find out how glorious it is. The gospel is such good news and we started with it this morning. We looked in creation, at the creation count in Genesis chapter 1, and we started with this, that God is the creator of all things. That God created everything out of nothing, and his creation included you. He created you in his image just the way he, he wanted you to be, and he created humans to be in relationship with him. He wants to know us and for us to know him and for us to follow him. But our relationship is broken. God loves you. God wants to know you. He created you to be in a relationship with you. But our relationship is harmed, is broken, is sometimes stained by the entrance of sin into the world, by the sin in our lives, which is our rebellion against God when we go against his ways, when we go the way we prefer versus his ways, when we give in to temptation, when we follow that, 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 that mean voice in the back of our mind instead of the Spirit's prompting. Our relationship with God is broken, but God doesn't leave us there. But God didn't leave. God, the creator, created you to be in relationship with him, but the relationship is broken, but God pursues. God comes after you. He sent his son. He sent the son of God, Jesus, into the world to live and die and be raised again. He sent his son into the world to show us the way to God, to show us that God offers forgiveness, that through trusting in Christ and through Christ's work on the cross, his death and resurrection, God sent his son to rescue us from sin and death, to fix that broken relationship, to bring us back into relationship with God if only we entrust our lives to him. Derek, quit living on your own efforts. Church family, quit trying to please God. Quit trying to think he's mad at you. Quit thinking you've got to make up for it. Quit thinking that you've got to do a bunch of good stuff to make up for all the bad stuff. Because God loves you. He created you. He wants to be in relationship with you. The relationship's broken. You and I can't fix it. But boy, can God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel is the best news ever. And it applies to you today. Don't think you've arrived. Don't think because you've been in church a long time, you already get the gospel, you already got the get out of hell free card back when you became a Christian, and you think you're good. The gospel is the best news today because God wants to transform you from the inside out, make you a new person, give you a new heart, a new mind, a new attitude, a new desires so that you can live for his glory. We need to include rhythms of rest because of the gospel being the best news ever. Look back with me at Matthew chapter 11. Hopefully you still have your Bibles open. Matthew 11. Let's look back at verses 28 and following again. Why do we need a rhythm of rest in our lives? Jesus says, come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden. Friends, is life tough enough as it is? Life has ups and downs as it is, doesn't it? As I look around this room, I can think of examples of hurt and pain and, and things that are hard and that God has put before you and that, and that we're not sure why, but that he's given you to live through and to endure and to follow him in and to trust him in. Life is hard enough on its own, but if, if God's forgiveness and if God's salvation is, is up to my efforts, I'm really in trouble. If God offering you forgiveness, if God offering you salvation, new life in Jesus, is up to your performance and your efforts and you living up to his standards, then life just got even harder, didn't it? If our life, now and eternal, rests on our merit, on our hard work, that is exhausting labor and a heavy burden to carry. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends, come to Jesus. Don't just come to church. Come to Jesus. Give him your life. Surrender yourself to him. Follow him in everything. Verse 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but my crazy, busy life causes my soul to hunger for rest. And Jesus comes, says, Come and find rest in me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unlike, what does he mean by that? My, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unlike checklist religion, unlike getting sucked into legalism, unlike thinking you have to earn God's love, unlike thinking we've got to behave in order for him to rescue us, which is, which is hugely burdening, which is a never-ending work, we'll never match up, we'll never be successful, we'll never do it all on our own. Unlike that, Jesus' yoke, his, a, a commitment to him, a relationship with him, is light. And you know why I think it is? Because he's with us in it. Because he comes alongside. Because we live life in those difficulties and those hardships with his help and care, and with the Holy Spirit, God himself, living within us. So in order to really know that Jesus, if it's your desire to know and follow Jesus, and, and not just once in the past, but if it's your desire to continue to know and follow and obey and grow in Jesus, do our lives include a rhythm of rest? Do our lives include a rhythm of physical rest, but also, of course, most importantly, do our lives include spending time at the feet of Jesus? We all know we need rest from work. This is Kevin DeYoung writing again. We all know we need rest from work, but we don't realize we have to work hard to rest. We have to plan for breaks. Anybody relate to this? If you don't make it happen, if you don't plan for it, if you don't work to rest, what's going to happen? It just gets away, right? just keeps on going. 
We have to schedule time to be unscheduled, he writes. That's the way life is for most of us. Scattered, frantic, boundaryless busyness comes natural to us. The rhythms of work and rest require planning. More than that, the rhythms of work and rest require godly habits. And so that's why we've spent our st- this last few weeks also talking in our series about the importance of the spiritual disciplines. We've, asked, we've talked each Sunday about the importance of spiritual disciplines, these tools that help us connect with God. Not, not that save us, not that we use to work hard for his approval, but these spiritual disciplines that we'll put some on the screen uh, that, that, help us, that are tools that help us connect with God. When I say that our life needs to include rhythms of sitting at the feet of Jesus, our life needs to include times of things like this and many more. These are some spiritual disciplines we've talked about in the last few weeks. The importance of reading God's word. The, important time, the importance of talking with him in prayer. And not always just talking at God. But being quiet to listen. Solitude, getting away, having quiet space to be with God. Um, unplugging from our technology, from our devices, from our Wi-Fi, getting away. Having that, taking away that noise so we can instead hear from God. Community, the spiritual discipline of gathering together with brothers and sisters in Jesus. And then today, of course, rest. The spiritual discipline of both physical and spiritual rest. Why? So that we can hear the good news. Why would we do this? Why would our lives include rhythms of rest? Why would we, uh, why would we put effort in, in, into planning for rest? Why would we look to add these to our lives so that we can hear the good news over and over again? That good news that I got all fired up about a couple minutes ago, that the good news that Jesus rescues from sin and death. As we put ourselves at the feet of Jesus, we get to absorb that good news over and over again. We need to hear it. We need to know Jesus. We need to let it sink into our hearts. We need to be refreshed by it. We need to hear the good news over and over again. So as your pastor, I urge you to rest properly. Sleep, yes, and time with Jesus, yes. There are times when you need to be able to say, I'm just resting my eyes. But before I pray, I do want to let you know I changed my mind, not during the sermon. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we need you. And as we look to you this morning, we see that you ordained from the beginnings of your creation a rhythm of rest, that even you finished your hard work and rested. We see, God, this morning from your word that you sent your son, the the God-man, who experienced life that we experience as a human, who, who understood what it meant to be tired and go to sleep trusting you. God, would we follow that example, knowing that you can manage this world without us? God, would you give our hearts and minds the peace to rest, knowing that, that the spinning of the earth does not depend on our contribution? Father God, as you mold us and shape us, as we draw near to you and you draw near to us, would you teach us to spend time with Jesus, to sit at his feet? God, would you help us to rest so that we can be the best for your glory, for serving you, for living for you out of thankfulness for all you've done? Father, we need you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for life 
that is available through Jesus. We thank you for the best news that, God, you rescue sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.